Yeah. At least All three, right? We're live. All right. Welcome, everybody. Schaefer Baseball Report. We're back. back we have, back. Uh, we've done our journey through Carrie for three weeks, and uh, we appreciate you guys jumping on and listening to us again. I know we are not the most consistent. Um, we do pretty good through the winter. Yeah, during, winter, winter, fall, we're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. During, during, during the season, it gets a little bit rough because we're yeah. coaching and doing different things, uh, you know, that involve the game and, and, and our organization. Um, but we will get to the USA baseball thing here uh, quickly. I just want to throw some things out real fast before um, we dive in. We got a great guest today, and Jim Corner, uh, that's involved with USA baseball with us and former coach at uh, NCA and T. Um, told me about him when we were down there, told me about Tommy Weber. And he said, you need to, you need to listen to this guy's podcast. You need to get this guy on because we got kind of a similar, similar backgrounds, kind of probably close in age and uh, uh, similar opinions to, uh, to where the state of the game is on all levels, on, on the youth level and the, uh, the travel showcase level and uh, the collegiate level. And I know professionally, um, you know, it's uh, the game's been neutered, and uh, we we kind of both feel the same way about that. So That's I a new thing, neutered. I think you'll get a, uh, a neutered. I like that. Yeah, um, but we will get a uh, you know a, a straight forward, no holds barred opinions and conversation with uh, with Tommy. But uh, so we got some things that are going on here at uh, at the Dreamfields, the Stick coming up. We got our. Uh, it's our alternative. It's our alternative sauce source to, uh, to high school baseball, and it's called the Carolina Royals tryouts coming up on November second. And um, you know we've been doing this. God, we're going on what five years with this now, at least. At least, at least five years. Yeah, it's probably more. Than Started that. off as a homeschool program, bringing <clears throat> kids in here that that's all you know. They were homeschooled. Now after COVID, there's a lot more people that are out there doing things uh, virtually. But you can also go to your high school. You can take your, you know, your, your classes in school, and you can play for the Royals. Yeah, we got a full high school season in terms of full varsity season, full JV season, full middle school season. Um, obviously, we'll be practicing. We'll be on the field at least four times, um, whether it's games or whether it's practice. So it's we're, we're developing, we're developing, and we're also, uh, you know, we're going to move forward towards the academy here. I think it's it's a conversation to sit down. It's a big it's a big lift. Yeah. Um, we know that it's a necessary lift. You know, it's, it's either going to be us or it's going to be somebody else in this area. And, you know, with the facility here, we should, uh, you know, we should dive in deep and figure it out. Human resources are what. Absolutely. You know, yeah, we have, we have all the, we have the indoor facility. We got three fields. We got everything that we need in, in that piece. It's just having the right, you know, the right pieces. I know yep. that uh, Keith Glauber is interested, obviously John Ennis, you know, two other former big guys. John DeZumba's here, you know, yeah. which is another pro guy, um, you know, so it's just, it's just filling in the gaps and making sure that we are developing players along the way. This isn't just a throw together and go out and play some baseball. This is um, so focus on what we've done forever with CBC is yeah. make sure that we develop, uh, develop players. Um, that's on November 2nd. So go to, uh, go to cbcbaseball.net and you can, uh, you can sign up for our tryout on the, uh, on the second, it's free. Give it a shot. If things aren't working out with your high school, I'm not saying we're not poaching kids from high school programs. We're just saying if, you know, if you're looking for an alternative, a different program. A lot of these right. kids are on teams with 30, 35 man rosters in high school and they never played. So they don't get the right reps. They don't get, you know, so you sure. can, you know, you have the option to come here and play or at least try out and play. We've had some pretty good dudes come through here and uh, love to see you. Um, 
You Deserve a Chance Foundation. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. They, they've all been good. We have not had a disappointing uh, gala ever. No. Maybe that's because the party goes on until 2 or 3 in the morning afterwards. Um, and this year we're back. Back, back. back uptown, man. Yeah, we're back. We're back at Night, uh, Night City Truist Park. And, yep. um, you know, what a, what a what a backdrop that is. And when we're sitting in there in the, in the Diamond Club and we're, yep. uh, we're hosting in the the skyline from Charlotte's out there and it's overlooking the field. Uh, it's just, it's, you, it, you probably can't wait to take a picture with me. That's all it is. We I, listen, I always take pictures with you. And then when I'm alone, I, you know, I thumb through them and I, yeah, yeah. We'll say that's for another podcast. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and enjoy I enjoyed my time. I, I listen. It, it's funny though. Right. I mean, I've coached with Zach that's come through our system. I work with you on a daily basis. Come through our system. Jake Boyne is out here taking care of our fields. We've had Busky. We have we have we have all these guys that stay around, yep. and uh, uh, I love it. You know, and we have we have a good connection with the guys that you know we don't see every day either. It's it's sure. been a big big piece of what we do. We reach out and um, you know we follow them. So we got we got we got doctors. We got lawyers. It's just amazing how uh, you know this game kind of helps that foundation to absolutely becoming, uh you know to better on whatever else you're going to do um uh, but home plate gala november 3rd our our, our our award recipients this year um parker bird who if you guys don't know had a was a highly recruited uh player going heading to ecu was on a lot of draft boards could have easily been drafted um chose to go to college and uh fall of last year he was uh, in a boating accident and was sucked into the prop of the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up having to amputate his leg from his knee down. And he's got a prosthesis and he is working hard to get back on the field. Yeah, so yeah I've seen his, seen his videos. Tremendous story. Tremendous yeah. story. I'm working hard with, uh, working hard. I'm working, trying with uh, Chiardi, trying to see if they'll, if they'll write something. Just, That'd be you cool. Know, and yeah. uh, it'd be, it'd be a great movie. It'd be a phenomenal, you know, inspirational movie. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, if you guys don't know, Mark Chiardi was my college teammate. He produced The Rookie, Invincible, uh, Miracle on Ice, Chappaquiddick, Golden Arm. Um, what else? The Kurt Warner thing. I, what, 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 what was the name of that? I movie? don't remember the name. I'm, yeah. I'm bad with he's just He's, he's a yeah. Hollywood producer yeah. and uh, a great <clears throat> friend. Um, so that's that. That's going to be great to, to have Parker there and his family there. And actually, the guy that's developed this prosthesis – uh, that's specific to athletes is going to fly out from California and present the award. Great, man, it's awesome. Pretty cool. Um, Morris Madden, who is our partner out here at Tuck CG Dreamfield, and uh, the Stick now, which was we used to call it the Tuck, but now it's the Stick uh, in honor of Stick Williams. Um, Carolina Metro Reds, which is our which is our M- our uh, MLB RBI program, and uh, Morris has done tremendous things for the community. Predominantly African American in the in, in the area that uh, that we're we're in, um, has laid out his own money for years and years and years just to make sure that uh, you know he was moving these kids forward, um, upward mobility, man, you know, break through the ceiling. Yeah, uh, Greg Simmons, unfortunately, who passed last year, uh, head coach at Charlotte Christian, ABCA, uh, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, I don't know, six hundred plus wins, maybe seven hundred wins along the way. Has uh, has touched many many people uh, in his uh, in his journey as a coach, and um, he'll be missed. His son Tyler is going to accept the award for him. The family will be here, so that'll be an exciting night. Uh, the gala has we have memorabilia, um, 
all know, sorts of stuff. And you know, we got all kinds of cool stuff. We have the the party goes on, you know, until uh, until wee hours afterwards. But this is what we do: is we raise money for um, you know the underserved families, people that can't afford to stay in this game. It's become it's become horrible how mm-hmm. much it costs. And, you know, it, it, you and I both say it all the time. We it, we you know we despise it. We despise it. it it's it's where it's at in terms mm-hmm. of the financial end of it. Um, and there's a lot more pieces that we'll talk to Tommy about uh, when we get into it. It's not just the financial end, but it is, you know, the level of coaching that's out there, the number of teams, the water downness. But, um, you know, it's it's a great night. We raise money. We support a lot of kids, a lot of families. We do a lot of different things along the way to uh, just kind of just help people that need the, need the help to stay in the game or stay involved. It could be equipment. Um, you know, we've sent things down to Columbia, South America. We have an organization in Arkansas that we deal with, um, Jerry Bruce. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we don't have a, we don't, we don't bring in tons of money. I think maybe, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year through what we yeah. do, but we, uh, we spread it around. Yep. Um, so that's, you know, there's things that are going on around here, but so November 2nd, Carolina Royals tryout alternative pro, alternative baseball to your uh, traditional high school program. Um, and our, and our, our gala, you know, tickets are online at udacf.org, yep. udacf.org. Um, go in and, uh, you know, join us because, uh, we will fill up 250 seats goes fast. Pest recipients, Tom Walter, uh, Landon Powell, Mike Schilt, Grady Little, you know, Francis Crockett. I mean, we can, we can go down unless Jack Leggett, um, you know, so it's, a uh, we bring celebrities in and it's not because of what they, uh, what they've done on the field. They're, you know, wins and losses are the records, even though that's, you know, we kind of present that because that's how they get to the, you know, their recognition, but it's more about how they've affected the lives of people that they've Absolutely. come in contact with over, yep. over the years and, uh, how they've changed lives. You know, and that's what we try to do here as best as we possibly can. Um, what a week, what a three, what, what about what a three, what weeks. a month, what a yeah, month, what a right? month. We, we we rolled in there with some dudes, man. We did. This game is funny. A lot of dudes, yeah. I mean, we won. How many medals did we win, Andrew? We won. Let's see, three gold, silver, three bronze, so seven medals in three weeks. Yeah, that's most we won with the two regions. So that's great. Yeah, and you know, we went in with teams and we won medals with teams that we didn't think we win. Yeah, yeah, you have that every year. I mean, you had we had kids from, especially with sixteen U, Power Five, just dude donkeys to. When you get down to 11, you just kids who are just small, undersized, but get after it and, and have fun. One inning can determine whether you're going through a medal round yeah. in, in, in that short week. Yeah. You don't have a, you don't have a, you know, you're in a loser's bracket and climb your way out. When you're in a loser's bracket, you're in a loser's bracket. Yeah. You know? Well, especially 13, you like kids just coming from the small field, yeah. getting to the big field. Those, you can have some innings that are just stupid long and they roll the inning and soon enough you put up an eight spot and in, in you, you know i mean it's, it's enjoyable doing the 15s and 16s because mm-hmm. we're seeing those kids you know <laughs> these are the kids that are moving on to you know most of them moving on to division one programs they're yep. they're, they're gonna be you yep. know and we had a lot of power five guys absolutely um you know we have i haven't been over to thomas brooks in years i mean i don't want to i don't want to go over there <laughs> i like i like staying on the on the on the complex but you know, the 13 U's, it's really interesting, right? Because we talk about small field legends. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them for years. And you see those big kids that you keep right now still, but we've kept a lot of a lot of smaller athletes that had high skill set. Yeah. And you and th- that inversion is going to come, 
you know, soon within the next few years, because the difference that I've seen is between 13, actually from 14 to 15, 16, that growth period is just, it's off the charts, yeah. right? We've, we've had some guys that have been in the program for years that are just, you know, they were good. We kept them coming through. Um, we're waiting for them to get more physical and all of a sudden they did. And, but you could also have the opposite side of the spectrum. Some kid that hit a growth spurt early, he's just a baby giraffe, doesn't know how to use yeah. his body yet. Like you had a kid in your 13-year team who was, what, 6'5"? Yeah. Just a giant, you yeah. know, just kid doesn't use yeah. his body. But, I mean, he pitched well. He's, he's got to. No, he, he pounded the zone. Yeah. I, was, I was, you know, impressed with that. I mean, I, when a kid that big gets out there, you think, okay, this kid's going to just throw fuzz. Yeah. And um, he pitched. Yeah. You know, he threw hard. He threw good. You know, he had enough to, you know, enough to throw a mascot fastball by some of these kids. But yeah. he, uh, you know, he could change speeds. He had great mechanics. wasn't max effort. Um, and that's great to see at a young age because you can build some velo off of that. It's a, oh, you can't flip flop it. Yeah. I mean, that kid's still growing. I mean, yeah. he said, you know, he's what, 6'4 now? And he's yeah. going to end up at 6'6. Six, six, he's, he's 14 years old. Yeah. That's um, crazy. Yeah. And, you know, he swung the bat well. You know, he was pretty athletic. He's just going to be that big. That big donkey. Yeah. Um, you know, so hopefully uh, he continues to pitch and doesn't get all jacked up into this velo thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that that's that's something hard to de deter people from. Yeah. And the more and more, you you know, you talk to these college coaches now, they're falling out of love with that. I, I really see that, you know, I, you know <clears throat> I mean, you still need a certain number to beat a, a power five hitter. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. but – you know, you're finding that uh, they're not just jumping on the guys that that you know just rush it up there all day long, and it's max effort, and you know they're 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 on that clock to just blow out and you know, go get their surgery and yep. try to try to bounce back. Um, but what well, what was more impressive? 14U, we had two extremely good players on this 14U team: mm -hmm. a PG with 75 pitches, or up to 90 on the bump. I, I like Posey. I like what he did. He threw in a perfect game, man. I mean, that was – and I wasn't even there. I was watching it yeah. all, you know, because I was down with Dylan at Wilmington. And of course, it's part, the game you miss. Man, of course it was, <laughs> right? The one perfect game in, 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 in 11 years we've been doing this. Yeah. throws a perfect game, and I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not in I'm not in the house for that one. But, you know, I did watch it. Um, you know, that was nice that they were televising the games through yeah. uh, the USA TV. Um, so, you know, it gave me the chance. But that, you know – Listen, that, you know, the talent we're talking about was, you know, Dexter McLeod. That kid is going to be good, yeah. right? He just didn't have his best week down there. No. Now, but, you know, baseball people will see good baseball players on their worst days. Yeah. You know, you'll just go, this is different. But the round of BP he took was sick yeah. for, for a kid that age. I mean, yeah. it was, it was you know, it's like I hit my drive, right? How it takes off and then it just keeps climbing. Yeah. And then the wind takes it into the woods. <laughs> to the right. right. Then yep. the wind takes it into the woods on me. Um, but you know, that kid is just a special athlete. Yeah. So you got to make sure that the baseball player stays connected with the athlete. I mean, we've seen a ton of good athletes yeah. that I mean, don't turn it, into baseball players. Well, it's a, the, the same thing we tell the parents each year player can go one for 12 on, on the four days are there and they can get selected. Your kid could go seven for 12 and, and not get selected. It's right. just, you could have a good weekend, but baseball eyes will see what that player is going to be in a year. Yeah, but overall, that that team was one of the most talented oh group of players that we took in there, and they were good baseball players too. Yeah. It wasn't like you know we were like, you know they they came from some good stock in terms of their what organizations they were with and they were they were being coached. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, the only thing I think the only thing that we had to adjust for the kids that we were playing out of position a little bit. Yeah.
making sure they were, you know, where they were supposed to be when they needed to be there. But overall, that group, but that's what, you know, I mean, you think about the numbers, I mean, that these kids climb through to get to, to get there. And that sure, the, the, some, some better talent stuff gets left behind because they didn't have their best day, probably. But, you know, if, if you take each age group, what would you say the number is on each age group? Let's just say the bulk of it, you know, the 12s are always a big number, right? The How 13s, many kids in each age between camps, everything? Across the country. Oh, across the whole guy. Right? So you're taking, you know, you're taking 12 teams. You're taking 12 teams of 18. I would say you're at 2,500 in age. Oh, I, would, I would say more than that. I would well, yeah, between camps and everything, yeah, I'd say five, five, six thousand per age. Right. Yeah. And, you, and you're whittling it down to two teams per age group in your region, yeah. 12 teams overall. Yeah. I mean, it, you it, know, big I mean, numbers, yeah, big numbers you, game. You have to be proud of that. You yeah. know, I mean, you, you've climbed through it. You know, I mean, you, it is it is something special to say that you did that. And listen, the NTIS is, is, is not easy to get through to get to a national no. team. And, if you're, uh, you know, if you if if you catch that lightning in a bottle, you could you could be that guy. Um, well, it'd be interesting to see how many kids are are, you know, taken to the uh, to the development program, and then how many kids are taken yeah. to the forty man trials. Yeah. And again, these, I mean, they they've already made they've already have an accomplishment in their baseball journey that thousands and thousands don't have that wish they had. Absolutely. And we only had one complaint this year. One complaint. And one where did complaint. it come out of? The Northeast. The Northeast, man. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Every time, you know. But, uh, again, that's expected. If you only have one out of out of three weeks of all the talent that we had down there, yeah. and and it was it was, it was was rectified because they ended up playing in a championship game and winning a gold medal, didn't yeah. So And, and they, got, I mean, they got more than their, their minimum playing time they were supposed to get. So I'd, yeah, so. I don't know. It's uh, it, 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 like they said, the the greatest team somebody can coach would be an orphanage. Yeah, that's true. You know, and it's and it's, and it's unfortunate because you know what? A lot of times we have to do things to kind of massage what's behind the fence and not what's inside the fence mm-hmm. with us. You know, and our focus just should be on developing and you know and 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 disappear. But it's 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 six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Everybody <laughs> that's played this game thinks that they have a certain level of knowledge and that they they can throw their opinion at it. Right. And, and, you know, they know better than, than we do. They've spent a lifetime in this game. So it's, uh, it, you know, it, there's always one. I, again, I, I, this is shoot, man. This is our 18th year with CBC. And uh, you know, you get somewhat jaded to a point it's, you know, you get defensive. Yeah. Parents aren't usually walking up to you to go, Hey, thank you, man. This was, you know, but we got a lot of that out of USA baseball, you know, in that period of time, we did get a lot of that, but overall it's, you know, an issue is coming and it has to be dealt with. And, you know, I'm right there. I mean, you've heard the speech, you know, if your kid can't have the conversation with me and you have to come have that conversation with me because your son won't bring his uniform because uh, might not be going home with it. Right. But the, but he has to go home with it because he paid for it. So <laughs> do what you want to do. Good with point. It. Once, once you have it, do what you want to do with it. Good point. Um, so we're going to gear up. We got camps going on for USA Baseball. Yeah. What are our camps? Well, uh, we're, we'll announce those after the selection show. Yeah. Well, we know, but we, we, we do know that. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, have, yeah we'll have infield camp. Chris we'll have catch, catching down. camp with, with Reyes. We'll have yeah. a hitting camp with Chris Vasami. Uh, we'll do some skills camps. Um, and we'll do some team tournaments yeah. next, next next season. So yeah. We'll have fun, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll have fun and we'll do it again. And we just we keep growing it. I, I think people are becoming more um, – 
appreciative of the USA baseball brand. Cause remember when we first got involved, uh, you know, we, we grinded through everybody's mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is a money grab. This is a money grab. This is a money grab. Like, you know, if, if you understand the, you know, the, the, what USA baseball does, we have, we just built this beautiful complex built There's a brand new indoor facility built. There's, um, you know, we got to, tra- these teams have to travel all over the country. We have to run all these events that, you know, money has to be generated to sustain. Absolutely. I mean, we do it with our nonprofits, right? We have to sustain and we have to, we have to bring money in here to take care of the bills in here. And then also to take care of the, everything that we want to do in certain terms of our programming. Yep. So, but I think, you know, how, how about, you know what one of the gauges is for me? What? When everybody gets there on day one and the line into the gift shop is around the corner. Yeah. Everybody can't wait to get their USA swag. Well, listen, they had some like this hat. Yeah. They had some good your hat too. I love they, this they, hat. Got, they got some good they, stuff. They sold out of mine. I bet for yeah. glory. Yeah. Yeah, and I I made a mistake because Dylan, Zach, and Amanda wanted one. Oh. And then so yeah, I said, you oh, messed I'll up. Get them on the last week. Yeah, I even looked online for that hat. It sold out. Online? Too? Yeah, online. Everything sold out. So they did yeah. something right with that hat. No, it's it's uh it's a it was uh. You know, they have their stock shirts in there. Every now and yeah. then they change it up. I wish mm-hmm. they would change up some of the designs on the shirts. I mean, sure. I, think, I think you own every shirt that's ever been made. I don't know about that You're one. getting close. No. You got every hat. No. Come on. Dude, man. they had like a hundred more, more hats than they had 120 hats in there. No way. No way I got that many. How many at? USA hats? I probably got, I don't know, 12, 15. That's a lot of hats. It's a lot of hats. I don't wear them all. Some of them I just leave up. I like hats. No, I like hats too. You know? You're judging me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so sensitive, man. I am. I am. You're a sensitive human being, man. I didn't know that I would, uh, you know, I'd get under your skin on hats. Yeah. yeah. Pissed off now. No, I, 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 I'm more in tune of like beating you up on your Jeep. Yeah. You know, ducks yeah. in the window. Uh, you're blushing right now over that. I'm not blushing. Really no, really... I'm, I'm not blushing. I mean, Danielle likes the, the ducks, so we, we leave the well, ducks. Put them in her car. No, it's not a Jeep. She doesn't have a Jeep. Well, let her drive your Jeep. If they drive something manly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough beating up on Andrew. He's uh you did an amazing job, dude. And I'm 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 proud of you. Really uh, you know, you took it, you and the interns and ran hard with it and talent was there mm-hmm. and the events good. all went off. We we dodged some weather this year. Yeah, I mean it, we did the best we could with that. I know one week here we had rain all day, every day, so so much you can do. That's why we need turf. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, we got to drop some turf down on these uh, on, on these fields here. Um, you ready to get to Tommy? Yeah, let's get to Tommy. So this is, uh, like I said, Jim Corner put us, you know, connected me in terms of uh, his uh, his podcast. And, um, you know, he said, Chief, you need to, you know, you need to listen to this guy because Jim listens to us. And he's like, you guys would connect. Um, another Northeast guy. And obviously – you know, straight up talk, you know, there's no, you know, he's not trying to pacify anybody. He's not trying to, you know, he's just, he's like, he sees it. He's going to tell you. And, uh, um, you know, he's got an extensive background in coaching and training. So, I mean, he's got guys that several guys in the, in pro ball, um, and, uh, good friends with Dave Gallagher, who was my, my roommate with the he White helped Sox. us with USA baseball. A few huh? years, he, Dave helped us with baseball. Oh, Dave with was USA. in the beginning and Brandon yeah. Moderano. And, uh, yep. you know, I mean, yeah, Dave was, uh, Dave was there. It's just, you know, we a lot of people in the beginning just couldn't hang with it. Yeah, know, it's a lot. It, it's I a mean, lot. It, it changed. It's a lot yeah. of work, and it's uh, again, this is basically your full time gig with this. You know, yeah. and yeah, 
you know, we, we always knew along the way that if we did that, we would, uh, you know, we'd find success in the program and, and do it the right way. It was just, we had so much going on, yeah. and, uh, but we do have some manpower, but, uh, but Tommy's a, uh, he's a, he's, uh, head of a department at St. John's university, a sports, uh, sports management department. And, um, I'm excited to talk to him because I think whatever we throw out, we're going to get, we're going to get, uh, we're going to get raw and we're going to get, uh, insightful and, uh, and maybe uh, a song on the piano. I hope so, man. I, I'm waiting for a little Billy Joel here. So, <laughs> all right. So let's bring on Tommy. Hey, How's Tommy. Guys? Hey Tommy, so appreciate you uh, you jumping in here with us on the uh, on our podcast, and I can't wait to listen to more of your stuff because I did listen to the uh, your last one with Brandon uh, Moderano yesterday, and uh, that I, I didn't realize it was him until I got a little bit further in, and then they started talking about Dave Gallagher. Yeah, he talks about Benny DiStefano, who Benny I played against. Um, yeah, uh, for years, and every now and then we'll connect on on Facebook, which was another. Uh, Northeast grinder that could that could swing it. Got some time with the Pirates, I believe, and uh, um, just uh, you know, it's always good to connect with Northeasterners, um, except when they want to complain about the NTIS and playing time. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta uh, tell you, I gotta tell you, listening to you guys in the uh, virtual backstage, I didn't realize that you were a comedy duo as well <laughs> <laughs> really good stuff really good stuff no i appreciate it. we have fun we just we, we step in here and we just uh we go at it and like i said we you know we, we throw down some notes but everything seems to take a different direction and you know each guest has a uh a different perspective we've got some guys on here that were just way too serious at yeah. times and we had to kind of we had to crack that one a little bit and then we have guys that uh just you know just just go with the flow and and those are the ones that are the best because you know and everybody that we've brought on here like your show you know the, their experiences in the game have you know different meaning to to everybody and uh it uh, we just um we have we have a lot of fun everywhere we, we go do. It, it it doesn't change because when we're off the air we're the same way it's not <laughs> worse you know we're a little muffled on this yeah we, we are muffled on this a little bit so um I appreciate you being here, man. There's a lot of things I want to talk to you. The first thing I'm gonna we're gonna throw out is, you know, your opinion of travel showcase baseball. You know, right now where where, obviously we know where it's originated from. You know, it's not what we had growing up. Where you know I used to tell people that you know my travel baseball was going to the next neighborhood to play that team. Yeah. Um, but yeah. now everything is sterile. It's organized. People can't go anywhere. There's lack of instinct. Uh, the development part is 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 upside down so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna turn the floor over to you and let you uh let you throw out uh, your opinions on this well first of all i i don't take myself seriously i might take the game seriously and what i do but i do not take myself seriously um and i think you've covered it all pretty much i like the disclaimer about be, me being from the northeast because you know we come from a different culture and you yeah. know the guy- the South are different than the guys from the West. So, uh, yeah, I would say that, um, you know, I guess appearing on this show is pretty much going to make me lose what few friends I have, given that we're, <laughs> we're, we're leading off, you know, we're burying the lead here. Um, look, uh, I believe that I remember where I was. I was coaching at Wagner College, Division One school where I played and, um, it was 1994. I tell the story all the time. It was a beautiful day. And Mike Arsenic, who was Nolan Ryan's roommate in A-Ball, who was my mentor, was coaching with us. And 
I said to him, and I don't know where it came from. I said, Mike, everything's changing. And I really didn't know what I was saying and why I was saying it, but it just seemed like there was this kind of snowball started. That was when kids started to talk about lessons. That was when guys started to get paid. You know, you had very few volunteer coaches. That's where guys, you know, realized there was a financial opportunity here in the game of baseball. Well, fast forward uh, 30 years, just about, um, this is where we are now. We've, as I said earlier, we've commoditized the game. Uh, people's incentives for being in baseball and even, unfortunately, playing the game of baseball is to trade baseball for something else. Trade baseball for a spot on a travel team. Trade baseball for a spot on a college team for this mythical scholarship that you know maybe better than I do does not exist. This lust for scholarships in baseball is a fool's gold because of the schools that can give out scholarships, few of them are fully funded to give out the 11.7 scholarships that they're allotted. So if you just do the math, there are 30 kids on a team and there's 11.7 scholarships. The likelihood of you getting a scholarship that's in any way substantive is very, very low. So um, it's a long-winded Italian way of telling you that I believe, here we go, that travel ball is a really, I don't know of anything that's more toxic and that has negatively impacted the development of young players than the idea and the proliferation of travel ball. So we, we, we spoke before earlier and 100% in agreement. And the biggest piece for me in, in that, in that statement is that travel ball would be fine if there were the right people teaching these kids how to play the game. Um, and then, so that changes the dynamic. But what's happened is, we, it's not that we've become watered down with athletes. We haven't become watered down with athletes. We've become watered down with coaches that don't have the experience to develop kids and move it forward. Well, you you alluded to your own upbringing, which is exactly my upbringing. When I when I tell my wife that we literally played in the street, which means. We played in the street, we rested in the street, we had lunch in the street, we were in the street amongst our friends. I believe your best coach is your peers. So you right away at nine years old, because you were playing amongst a group of people, none of whom were your parents or an adult, knew where you stood at Jump Street. So you had a choice. You either played really hard and played more and threw the ball up against the wall for hours on end and played pepper and got into rundowns and invented games because you only had five guys and you had to improvise and innovate and use your imagination and cultivate all these wonderful skills that we've all been born with. Well, then you just didn't, if you didn't do that, you didn't play. Now that's gone. Mm -hmm. That is gone. Now your parents who might have two other children, your schedule is based on their ability to get you to a hyper-organized event. And if it's not hyper-organized, I live in New York City in the five boroughs, 10 million people. I'm telling you, you could drive up and down the streets of New York City at 150 miles an hour and you are never in danger of running anybody over because there is never a kid on the street having a catch with his brother, playing pepper, hitting ground balls, three kids with a, you know, with a rubber ball playing. None of that is gone. 
And those lead-up games, those lead-up games that really indoctrinate you into the game are gone. So all you have is this hyper-organization. And young people hate organization. They're feral. They want to be wild. When you put kids in a, you know, if you took your, when your kids were younger and their friends came over, you couldn't imagine how much energy they had. They were improvising games. They were they were unsafe. They were, they were testing boundaries. They were doing all the things that are vital to a person's development, let alone an athlete's development. And without that, now you have travel ball and a lot of guys making a lot of money selling. Right. So, remember, you know, you, you came home from school and you threw your books down and you went outside and you played and you created and games, you know. Free play. Free play. Yeah, I'm a free play It's the hill I'm willing to die on. I don't yeah. think you can play enough. I really don't. Well, I, I, I agree with you, but, you know, the play has to be the right play, right? So you talk yeah. about, you know, I, I watch kids that don't don't recognize breaking balls, right? Oh. Don't recognize breaking balls and can't let alone hit a breaking ball. And, you know, so people ask me, well, how did you learn to hit a breaking ball? Like thinking I learned how to do that in college or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, dude, I grew up playing wiffle ball. Yeah, exactly. I you saw know. more balls spinning and moving and whatever. And, I, you know, you, you, you had to focus because kick kick and throw a dirty curveball mm -hmm. with a wiffle ball. And then talking about improvising, you know, you're going into the street and you know, if, if you only have five or six guys and you're a right-handed hitter, you can't, you can't pull the ball. You got to go right. the other way. Um, you know, just, just different things like that. So that, that part of the game, developing the instinct, developing the skill set to do the finer things in the game that you need to do to understand how to go the other way. I'm blown away. I'm blown away, Tommy, by giving out these scenarios to, uh, to, to groups that men on second base, no outs, you know, you know, you're a right-handed hitter. What's your job? You know, drive him in. What do you mean drive him in? How about moving him over? How about getting him to third base? How about, you know, how about understanding, like, you know, how to play the game? You said earlier, you know, the, the greatest competition you will ever have is the guy that's sitting in the dugout with you or the guy right next to you because you're too close to that guy. And you can't look at that guy every single day right. and know that he beat you. Yeah. So, you know, so you develop this, this uber competitiveness when it's right there. And I can tell you, you know, stories in the big leagues and things like that, or in AAA and everybody's, you know, we're playing together on the field, but somebody's got to go up to the big leagues. So somebody's got to get called up to double A and I don't want it to be that guy. And he's sitting right next to me. If somebody tells me another guy from another team got called up, I'm like, Hey, good for him. <laughs> you tell me that guy got called up over me. I'm not happy. Right. Right. So, you know, different pieces of the game. But, you know, to your point, you know, the, the the sterilization of the game in terms of lessons. Everything's individual. One-on-one, one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one lessons. I said, this guy, you know, the the, the treads and the, uh, you know, whatever that program is out in Seattle. And, you know, everybody's teaching these kids individual stuff. And when they go there, everybody's expecting on the field individual success and not team success. I, I love your choice of the word sterile, and I use it a lot. You're right. It's um, depersonalized, and it is sterilized. And I, I use this saying, no animal flourishes in a cage. The average American player is now spending more time, regardless of where weather is. And we're Northeast guys, so once the weather broke, we had to get as much time on the field as possible because we knew the weather was going to go the other way. I have never seen so many guys in across the country in good weather spending now the average guy I can, I I say spends more time inside 
than they do outside. And the game is played outside. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, everybody's, it, it, again, it's all economics too, right? Everybody's trying to make money off the game completely when that wasn't even the case when we were, when we were growing up. And again, I hate always going back, like when I played or when you played or we played or played, I'm just telling you that there are positives in the game, you know, as far as the development of the athlete. Now there's a lot of good things that have taken place, but overall for the better of the game, there are not a lot of good things going on. Well, what you're really doing, and I think you've got to, I think you got to be nicer to yourself because it's not about when I played. You're not telling war stories because the truth of the matter is that's happening right now. It's just not happening in America. The Latin American kid is playing 10 hours a day. Right. And guess what? There's a proliferation of Latin American players making it to the big leagues. They follow the poverty model. I've always said this. The more resources, this is a game where the more resources you have, it may actually have a negative effect on the player. If you only have one ball and one bat and one glove, you're going to treasure it and find a way, find a way to, to conserve those resources. Now, you know, I had one glove for seven years. Now a kid has seven gloves a year. Oh, wait. You know, and you don't have, uh, you don't have like shin guards. I mean, guards, for your legs, right. guards for your, you know, something in your pocket, a, a, an oven mitten that, right. uh, you know, it's supposed to help you slide, but you don't know how to slide. <laughs> right. I can't believe nobody knows how to slide. I, you know, the, all the Asian players, they know how to slide. They know how to yeah. bunt. They know how to hit the ball the other way. They know how to do all the things that don't take immense physical ability to do, which you should be able to do. You know, the, the average player has a lot of time on his hands. Why wouldn't you develop? I think that's a critical question as well. How is it that we've bought into this notion that these things don't matter? The right. priorities are askew as well. It's not just the amount of time kids are playing. That's way down. But the priorities, what's important, has changed drastically. You know, it's one of the greatest baseball pictures out there is a slide. And it's a hook slide, right? And, we, you know, we when I was with the Orioles, we used to lay out the mat and they'd give us yeah. these funky pants and – you know, we, 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 we had to slide. Everybody had to run, slide, you know, whatever. But it's Jackie Robinson when he stole home. Um, you know, it's a controversial play, whether he was out or safe or whatever. They called him safe. But, you know, you see these guys stealing bases now, and bodies are getting tagged because they're going straight into the bag. Absolutely. Nobody's going out. Nobody's doing it. So there's, there's no creativity as far as that part of the game goes um, because that's not something that's taught. People don't have time to, you know, you, you, you're, playing on, you're playing on a travel team now or showcase team, and a lot of these are show-and-go teams. So they say, hey, as long as you're getting your work in during the week, which means you're going to take uh, a lesson on hitting or you're going to take a lesson on pitching. But that's not developing the baseball player, you know. It's, uh, you know, it, it's – and again, the other thing that turns out to this, and you see this a lot, is that, you know, you – I, I was talking to Dylan, right? So my son Dylan's down in Wilmington. He said, Daddy, you know, first day BP, and he's he's coming off an injury. You know, he said, it wasn't my best, you know, my best round of BP. And I'm like, dude, choke up. Control the barrel. Figure out how to compete. Like, I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have, and here we go again. I didn't have this. You had that. But truth of the matter is we succeeded because we figured out how to succeed. Not have to go, well, my son's struggling, so I got to go get a lesson. And they expect the one lesson because you were resourceful. You were forced to be resourceful exactly. because exactly. poverty is a virtue. 
When you don't have a lot, if you have one bat, you've got to figure out how that bat works for everybody. So some guys, the bigger guys are going to swing it from the bottom. The smaller guys are going to choke up a little bit. And if Barry Bonds can choke up, why doesn't every other hitter choke up? Baseball is the only game. Baseball is the only game that mocks, openly mocks the masters that came before. You don't find any piano player mocking Oscar Peterson or Herbie Hale or, the guy, or Miles Davis horn players. They worship those guys. They learn from those guys. Baseball, oh, those are old guys. The way they did yeah. it is no, you know, you can't really do it that way. Why would you do that? Well, everybody's trying to reinvent the game because they, they sometimes they think there's something monetary that's behind it. Absolutely. I'm gonna, and I'm access. Gonna, I'm going to create this, you know, this, this new batting tee. Like you need a batting tee. You need to be, I mean, you could put a pipe and, you know, and a plastic bottle on top and hit it off there. You have a batting tee. Um, You know, we're talking about learning how to hit. You know, aluminum bats came out my first year, my my senior year in high school, 1978. We were swinging wood bats the whole time up through there, right? So if we had a wood bat, you had one wood bat and it cracked, you put nails in it or you taped it up. And you went yep. back out, yeah. you know, went back out with it. I mean, how many times we had to tape up balls and go do different things like that just to play the game, mm-hmm. just to go out and play the game, not to, think, you know. I think what's critical to your your argument, which is just so on point, is, and this is the theme that ran through all of that up until the middle 90s, and then it just snowballed. The absence of the adult. You just didn't have 12 adults on the field with you all the time. So that if your bat broke, your father went to Dick's and got you a new $400 bat. That was just not an option. You had no other choice. And I think the reason why you see the Latin player having so much success is that they come from a poverty-stricken place. They have no resources. So they have to make do with what they have. Yeah. you got to figure it they, out. They talk about that game where they were throwing bottle caps at each other. Throw, flicking bottle caps, and that's what they would hit. And it was a game. Yeah. And now you wonder why those guys can hit breaking balls, hit off speed stuff. That was their version of wiffle ball. Maybe they didn't have wiffle ball, but they had bottle caps laying around. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 again, I think, I think the water down is not the athlete. I think that, you know, we, there are good athletes out there. Um, there are, but there's not good baseball players out there because the people that are involved at the developmental level, is is watered down well I, and i think the achilles heel to all this is social media right you're seeing I mean, we talk about all the time highlight reels but <clears throat> how often you see kids posting on social media hey i hit a double i hit a home run they're posting all these highlights how often do you see them hit say hey i hit a, a hard line drive to right field to the right fielder and he caught it you don't yeah, see you move, know, the, move the runner over yeah move the runner I, over I, but I, I, sacrifice but so we had this we were talking about this down at us at usa baseball right we left how many runners did we leave on base at 27 27 guys on base and and most of them i mean obviously started with you know less than two outs um no two strike approach no zero two strike approach no idea that if i just hit a ground ball to the shortstop he may get me out but we scored a run that's not acceptable. That's not part of their, their, their mentality well, anymore. Like we would ask the kids, we would say, hey, what's your approach here? He's like, I want to, I got to get them in. And then you ask him, how do, how are you going to get them in? He yeah. doesn't have an answer. And yeah. you respond back, where, where was the def- defense position? Yeah. 
Second baseman is all the way back in the grass. First base is playing back because you're a lefty. Just pull the ball. This guy's not overpowering. Right. It, that goes that you know? goes to coaching. That goes to the developmental piece. You know, there's just that's, it's also context. You play the game contextually. You do what you have to do in that moment and take what's available. If you're facing Justin Verlander in his prime and it's the third inning, nothing, nothing, and it's second and third, and you got two strikes on you, you better be hitting the ball to to the first baseman or the second baseman somehow. So you get one run in, you move one runner over, the next guy it's a fly ball. You've just gotten two free runs against a first ballot Hall of Fame pitcher in a game where runs are at a premium. That's context. That game's not played that way anymore. There's a game plan, and all any kid thinks about is how far and how high he can hit the ball. You know, part of the mentality is, and you ask these kids all the time, we had them together, and I said, because we were we were frustrated. We should have we should have blown people out of the water. As many guys that we've left on base, we should have uh, you know we should have crushed some people, yeah. and 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 we didn't. But you know, my and I said to him, when you guys get two strikes on you, what is the first thought that goes through your head? And I knew their answer. Their answer was, "I don't want to strike out." I'm like, wrong thought process. Okay, <laughs> negative thought process right there. You've already put yourself. You already punched yourself out, like going through that. So your objective is like, I'm not expecting you to get a hit with two strikes on you. He's in command. Okay. It's like a chess match, right? Yeah. You're getting ready to be taken out. Um, he's in command, but your job is to put the ball in play and mm-hmm. put the pressure on the defense. I don't care if it's a weak ground ball, fly ball, whatever. You have to make them make something happen. Get that. You striking out is not making them make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got to get desperate. I think you got to be ready for it. At that point, you're now battling. You know, you don't hear that anymore. You know, you no, compete, man. Battle. compete, 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 compete. Right. 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 Yep. Instead, you're take you're trying to get your A swing off. Well, if your A swing results in a miss, you yeah. might as well take no swing. Yeah. By the way, your A swing is going to let you hit 250. Your B swing, if you fight with two strikes and you'll find a couple hits, you might hit 300. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people and the other part of it, you know, the, the recognition of just, you know, uh, a walk because you fouled pitches off and you stayed in it. Instead of, you know, you got two strikes on and you're not fouling balls off, yeah, you're punched out right away. You're not giving yourself a chance, right? But if you can foul some balls off and you find a walk in the situation, less at-bats and the possibility of you getting a hit, if you put the ball in play, you got a better possibility of getting a hit and how it, how it, how it closes the gap between a 250 hitter and a 300 hitter. Um, but, you know, the, the, they don't process that, and it's uh, – it, it, it's frustrating. It's, it, you know, it's frustrating watching guys and, and we can go through the whole scenario, Tommy, right? Outfield is that overthrowing cutoff, man. Like what are you, what do you like? What's the point? Or a fly ball is hit with a man on third and less than two, out, less than two outs. And his outfield is backing up right first and third. And he's going to throw throw the ball to home plate instead of throwing it to second base and keeping that guy off second base. Mm-hmm. So, and these, and, 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 I, and I don't want to say like, but these are things like, you know, it, they don't watch enough baseball to begin with on TV, but now I'm, I don't want them watching that kind of baseball on TV because it is just not good baseball. I, I think it's a value system. I think you're, you're, we're really talking here about what do we value? And young people, young people value more than anything belonging. So if social media is telling them that the only thing you should be motivated to do is hit the ball high and far. And this all this stuff about, you know, don't be the first or third out at third base, don't run on the ball, hit ahead of you, you know, hit the ball to the right side, move them over, get them in. That's all old school stuff. Well, 
it's a very powerful dynamic that now kids, I want to belong. I want to sit in the, with the cool kids in the lunchroom. Well, if I'm the guy who's moving runners over and hitting singles, we've demonized the single. God forbid. Yeah. I had a, a director of hitting, a, a hitting coordinator for a major league team say to me, with second and third, I'd rather have a guy line out to second base than hit a ground ball between short and third and drive in two runs. <laughs> that happened to me. That's not yeah. a story I'm telling you. Yeah. That happened to when he said that, I literally did not know what to say other yeah. than, you know, I really want to punch you in the face right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I, what do you so you're not playing to win then? Then you're not playing to win. Right. Sad. Sad, sad scenario in, in that part. I mean, we, we kind of, uh, you know, we, 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 we take pride in the way that we develop the players here. Um, you know, what, what, you know, we, we, we take fundamentals seriously. We, uh, we, we coach in the moment. We don't, we're not a big powwow after the game type of, uh, um, you know, everybody sit here and let's go through this whole scenario. Cause the kids are burnt. They're laying down. They're not paying attention mm -hmm. and uh, you know, jump into the moment and, and, and coach, I, I don't know, you know, it, we're not, we're not in a place that's going to change. It's almost like that, that kind of scenario. Like if I could save one life, I've had, right. a, you know, that's great. Right. <laughs> if I could save one player. We did well. Um, but if uh, you know, we, we're trying to work with our organization and, and do what we do here. Uh, it's um, but we come across, we come across programs that they're, 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 I don't need they're, they're brands, right? They're brands. Yes, they're, they are built on brands. It's all about the money. It's all about how many teams I can have and how many, you know, they don't care about the development of the player. They just want to know numbers. Um, and we find ways to, we find ways to, uh, you know, to compete with the highest, uh, the highest teams in those, uh, in those big brands. But they, again, they, the coaching part is watered down for me. That's, that's, that's a scenario that it's. Well, you make bad. a great, you make a great point. Uh, if you're motivated by making money, obviously, and I'm a free market capitalist, sure. I, salute, I salute anyone who can make money doing anything legally. I think it's great. But for, for me personally, I believe it's a sacred pact you enter into with your players when they decide to put their careers and their career path in your hands. And, and I take that very seriously. Uh, I, I, I would... Um, I'm all about what's in the best interest of the player and the player alone. And how do we get you from point A to point B. And for me, there's nothing else. And the, and the only common denominator amongst all those players is it's going to take a ton of work, more work than you could ever imagine, more work than your parents want you to put in, more work than the gurus think you should put in. Rest is for the infirmed. You got to fly close to the sun if you want to be really good at something. Yeah, well... You know, do you see, I mean, there is work ethic out there. There are, there are there guys like, you know, there, there, there is work ethic out there. There's guys that want to get better. Yeah. Um, but kind you can't of convince getting better by a one hour lesson in a cage. No, so. that doesn't, that, that doesn't work. No, you have, you have to be, you have to live and breathe this game to, to, to be something else. And it's, it's, listen, there's 12, there's, I, there's a statistic that there's over 12 million 12 million different scenarios that could take place in a nine inning ball game. Some crazy number like that. So, you know, when everybody says, well, I never saw that before, you know, 40 years in the game, 
It's mm-hmm. the truth, right? Something something can happen along the way, but you know, preparing these kids for those for those moments, those situations, um, not caught off guard. And you know, when we go through practices, mm-hmm. you're obviously going to practice the things that happen the most um, yes. in in the scenario of a game in in, in game situations. But uh, you know, when they live and die by one at bat. Well, they live and die by one pitch or or one mistake or one error. They don't understand um, that this game is going to give you more opportunities to make that mistake again. Yep. And it's uh, uh it, it it's fun. I mean, we enjoy what we do here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, your background of developing players and watching them go on. It's not just developing the fundamentals. You know what the swing is. But you know, we talked we talked earlier. Uh, you know, about timing. Right. You know, I was telling him about Dylan, you know, the things that, you know, Dylan's done along the way is, I mean, he has all these tools. Right. But every now and then the timing at the plate kind of, you know, comes it comes out of uh, comes out of sync. And there's, you know, there's ways to get that back and ways to understand that. But not every not every player, not every guy that's playing baseball will have that. But the better athletes find ways to uh, we, we, we use the term dance with the game. Mm. It's a dance. It's all yeah. a dance, man. It's a choreographed, rhythmic, fluid. I like the word mellifluous, flow. Mm-hmm. That's you got you got a great people who are great at striking anything, whether it be a tennis player, a golfer, a baseball player, they understand how to move with an object in their hands. We're too bat conscious. It doesn't matter what you have in your hands. If your body can't move, you could have a, a tree trunk in your hand. You're not going to be able to hit. So it's really about being able to move. And that's why I'm in lockstep with you. It's about dancing. You got to be a dancer as an athlete. You know, I think Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire could have done anything. They were fantastic dancers. Mm-hmm. But you got guys, you know, it. that's why when you look at a player, you don't have to see him play. His The way he moves indicates to you, hey, this kid's got something. I don't care if he goes over 10. This kid moves well. Let's work with him. Smoother gets better faster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, that that athlete, you know, we saw, we've seen great athletes along the way that they don't look like they're running, but they're gliding. And next thing you know, they're running a 6-6-60 or they're tracking a ball down in the gap that you never thought they were going to get to. They just move a certain way. Um, you know, the max effort athlete, there's a lot of those guys, you know, and part of that comes from, you know, a lot of this training stuff, especially pitchers. Now I see more pitchers with, you know, max effort approach on the mound instead of understanding how to just how to pitch and, yep. and letting your, uh, you know, what God gave you, you know, work. I mean, I was thinking about Jim Palmer the other day to somebody like, you know, 20 plus years, how many Cy Young awards and just a big looping curveball and knew how to change speeds, but would not overpower anybody with anything. Just understood downhill plane. Um, but now, you know, everybody's like, I'm in the tread program. I'm in this program. It does, you know, again, there is a number that these guys have to get to, to have, to be looked at. Yes. The requisite, the rec, you need requisite velocity. You can't throw 54 miles an hour. We all understand. No. No. Just because you can throw really hard. Doesn't mean you're a durable or be effective. And Palmer, how about this? You watched Palmer pitch. So did yep. I in today's game with the yeah. strike zone being higher, yeah. throwing to that top of that strike zone. He would dominate. Yeah. Yeah, it's because uh, you played. You played in the game where you made the pitcher the the what you said in the dugout was make him get the ball down. Right now, with yeah. the strike zone being higher, right. that 
the, the miss ratio is far greater on the ball up because there's no frame of reference. Right. right? I, think that, I, think that, I think that's where the velocity came in. Absolutely. You know, if you raise the strike you know, zone, you're going to have guys throwing to the top of the strike zone who aren't really good pitchers. They could just throw hard and get it to that point. Yeah. No, it's uh, that, you know, that, that piece, that piece has changed the game, you know, and, and it, it, I don't care what you were. I mean, there were very few guys that, you know, that can get on top of a, you know, get on top of fastball regardless. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the change of speeds we're talking about, the pitchers out there, nobody's really, if you go to spring training, right? We go down to spring training and you got guys throwing a hundred miles an hour and they are getting raked all over spring training. Um, it's only because all they're trying to do is throw as hard as they can down the middle in spring training and just find it, find their release points and do all that other stuff. But nobody tries to disrupt the timing of the hitter. So a hitter can time, I forget who said it, but a good hitter can time an airplane if he knows it's coming. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's what's happening. So, we got to, you know, they, they, there's got to be a way that, and we see it every now and then. There's one guy that's trickling and that's throwing 88 miles an hour mm-hmm. in the big leagues, right? He's in there and he's kind of, he's got the sink and he's moving and he's he's doing different things. But there's not, there's the majority <clears throat> of your pitching staff is all power guys now. There's no crafty lefty coming out of the mound. There's no soft oh. contact guy that's going to get me the ground ball. It's you got to strike somebody that's out. That's minimal. Yeah. So I think I have maybe what might be a solution if you brought the strike zone back down yeah now pitchers would have to go and try to get soft contact more mm-hmm. because that high strike is now out of play the right. bat the batter is not going to go if, if you brought the strike zone down three or four inches and made pitchers target the bottom of the strike zone more you'd get more balls in play which would naturally require more off-speed keep guys off balance, work fast, change speeds, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we, we've lost the enjoyment of watching good defensive players. You defense know, is it, irrelevant. It's just, the ball's not in, it's not in play. How could you have not, defense? I know. It's, it's, it's gone. So now you're taking a second baseman that, you know, I mean, and, and you can't even take the guy out, so he doesn't have to have multiple pivots. He doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to know what the speed of the runner is coming at him, you know, and how to turn a double play. So, you know, I mean, you lose that part, you lose that athleticism or you lose appreciation for that athleticism. And you also lose a key separator of players. The more safe you make the game, the less there are separators. I believe that play in a game that's getting increasingly unathletic, it is, it's a much less athletic game at the major league level than it was. Now you have the most athletic play in the game, Jeter, having to avoid the, the runner that's taking him out. Yep. You've taken that out of the game. So now a fat guy can play second base. As long as he <laughs> in there, catch the ball and throw the first base. That's right. As long as he can I hit 20, 25, 25 bombs, he can go play second base. Right. And, and the shift did that to him, right? So you're going to put the better athlete on the side over there and put the fat guy where you want to put the <laughs> fat guy. <laughs> I'm not fat shaming. I'm not fat shaming. No, no, no. No fat shaming. No, I got fat. I got fat. But I mean, I think it's a point well taken. You know, it's 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 a valid point. You know, the catcher now this overemphasis on say I want guys to be safe. I played the middle of the infield, but there is an artistry to getting out of the way of a sliding runner. Absolutely, absolutely. If if an umpire thinks that you barreled me, did a Hal McRae, you know, well then you you throw him out of the game and it's a double play. 
But Tommy, that, we used to take what? we used to take infield. We take in and out before the games. I would I would literally I would, would intentionally I'd take throws down. I'd throw down here. Of course. So they're like, okay, if I'm going to go into second base, I better get my head down because he's going to take it off. Right. Protecting myself, letting them know. But um, so where where so your podcast? Where can people find that? Where do they uh, where? Give us some info on that. Tommy Weber. It's uh, let's see. Uh, conversation underscore. <laughs> okay, we know underscore. That, yeah. Okay, so it's it's Tommy. It's conversation with underscore. conversation underscore with with underscore, underscore Tommy, Tommy Weber. Weber. Yeah, I got that, that down. And then Tommy Weber baseball on Instagram. And yeah. uh, I I got to tell you something. This is I have this discussion every day with baseball people yeah. all, all the time. To be on with you guys, I have to tell you, I'm, I think your heart's in the right place. I really admire what you're doing, um, and I just feel really lucky to be able to share uh, some of my thoughts and ideas with you guys. You guys really I, keep the keep up the good work because you're our last best hope. Well, you too. I appreciate that. Yeah, we got to thank it. Jim Jim Corner for uh, you know for promoting um, you know what you're doing and and your approach to the game and your opinions to the game and. We uh, will we, let's let's stay in touch and absolutely. Um, we'll we'll have to do this again. Um, and play a little tune. Take us out, Tommy. Take us out. Let's see what we got here. You might remember. We appreciate you, man. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Be in touch. Take care. Take care. Peace out. All right. Good, 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 good. Awesome. Yeah, man. You gotta like. You gotta like the. Uh, you gotta like the Northeasterners that can talk a little bit. Yeah. Right? So they so they don't have filters. No, most of them don't. At least no filters. No. No. no we don't. You know. A lot of them I, are moving I, I, into I, my I, neighborhood. I had to become a really nice person until I moved down here. Well, yeah, you've gotten better. I've you've gotten, gotten better, better, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're better now. Zach said to me in the dugout, like, Dad, you're mellowing, man. And I'm like, isn't that good? He goes, no, I can't. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen in the dugout when he's coaching with me. And he's like, you would have ripped my head off. You would have screamed at yeah. me, whatever. I'm like, you know, he's like, Dad, not good. Well, just not like good. when you, John, and I talked that one night. You're like, I was really that bad? We're like, yeah. yeah I was I was like hurt. <laughs> like, I stayed up all night that night. Like, that was shocking. I didn't realize I was that. Was it bad or was it aggressive? What was it? It was aggressive, and sometimes it would get like cross a line. Like what? What line did I cross? I, I, Just hard on people. Um, that'd be for another podcast. That, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you think about it now. Well, no, I need sleep. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. I don't sleep as it is, and now you're gonna cut off my two hours. Yeah, exactly. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, gonna do it. All right. Well, I'm better though, right? Yeah, you're better. You're, you're better now. You're better. Old dogs can learn new tricks. You want to tell people about yesterday? Yeah, we're champs again. Champs Not, again. Uh, we don't have. Well, we no, we can't we bring. Got, it. We we won golf bags. Yeah, we won golf bags. Twenty under. Twenty under. Pin seeking, draining putts. Farthest putt was probably what twelve feet. That was at 15 the Fort feet? Mill Fort Mill uh, uh, Boosters Association or Boosters Club. <clears throat> the community that I live in and where my boys went to school and good support. But man, it was, uh, it was a nice day too. Oh, man. it was a great Beautiful. day, you know, car path only, which was it? I thought yeah, it was going to be a, worse, but yeah, that was wasn't, okay. that wasn't bad at all. Yeah. But you know, I mean, everybody got a chance to, uh, to, uh, to help in the, uh, you know, look, I mean, you had, you had Dennis Powell saying Schaefer is a ball of fire. Hope all is well. 
Oh, thank you, Dennis. See, I'm feeling better now. I'm not. So a nice ball of fire. A nice ball of fire. Nice <laughs> ball of fire. Well, we have uh, next Friday. Next, I won't be here next Friday, so I have to figure out something for next week. Well, we'll be, I'll be down there with you then. Oh, okay, we can just do we a. Do, we can, uh, do, we can down, do virtual down at our, our, our club down at Chalote. A new, yeah. our new, a new golf club. Yeah, we'll figure out something. We'll, we'll do stay, something we'll, down there. We'll stay at the mansion. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we'll roll over and, and hang out at the on the intercoastal. Yeah. Play some golf on the intercoastal. Let's do it. All right. And then uh, and then the following week I'm in Ireland. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then you're gone. You just ditching me. It's all right. No, we'll do it from Ireland. I'm. We'll do it for you'll do it from Ireland. <laughs> I'm going to do it from Ireland. I'm excited. That's a bucket list. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll it's be good. Be, it's going to be cool going over there with a good group of guys. Um, so, all right, everybody. So, that's it for this. We'll wrap yeah, this one up. One. And we thank uh, Tommy. I want to thank Advocacy Baseball, um, Architect Sports, who Architect Sports is always with us in certain scenarios. Uh, as far as the gala, we did the All Star game. They've been involved in that. Anything we ask uh, of them, they're. they're they're supportive, and um, uh, that's it, man. Cool. We're, we're done. Peace out. out.